welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Well, hello, enterprising listeners. It's great to have you today. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today. I'm going to welcome today Jay Kim, somebody who I've had the privilege to interact a little bit with on the Enterprise Bank Kansas City Advisory Board. It's always fun to have a local person to interview for enterprising. So Jay, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So delighted you're here. I want to let our listeners know that you are the founder and CEO of Data Locker, a leading provider of data security solutions. And since founding the company, actually in 2007, you've led Data Locker to be among the fastest growing companies in Kansas City with clientele in more than 40 countries. That is amazing. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about Data Locker and what led you to create the company? Sure. You know, simply put, we make solutions that deliver the security that CISOs need and want, but with the simplicity that the users can handle. So really, DataLock was founded with the premise of making things simply secure. We knew security is a very complex, all-encompassing effort, and we wanted to make some solutions that were just intuitive and easy to use. Makes sense. I know when people talk about data security, it, it sounds a little daunting, kind of scary. And the fact that you're able to sort of afford your clientele kind of the peace of mind that they need, that their data, that all their systems are secure is so wonderful because I think so many of us worry about that with our companies. Yeah. And we always say that we're actually in the insurance business, not so much the storage or the <laughs> technology business. Really the crazy environment we live in today, security is at the top of mind for so many people at all different levels. Makes perfect sense. You know, one of the things that strikes me is that you're doing business on a global scale with people in a variety of industries, and you have governmental clients, military clients, corporate clients. And in fact, is this true? You have clientele that comprises more than 70% of Fortune 100 companies? Yes. That's amazing. You know, one of the things that it made me think about is you have such a vast and diverse network. What do you do to actively manage your relationships? And, and what are some ways that you're able to establish and nurture those connections? Uh, first of all, you, you need to invest the time and effort. It's not easy maintaining relationships and what we call networks without putting a lot of work into it. I actively participated in a number of organizations, some domestic, some international. And I make sure I take part in those events, whether it be virtual, whether it be in person, things have gotten real crazy the last couple of years, so it's made it more difficult. It's also created some opportunities. One of the things that you know I've always felt was important was spending time outside of quote official events, mm -hmm. just you know getting together for a meal or a drink. It really fosters more than just a quote network or you know like how I think a lot of people define your network by the number of contacts you have on LinkedIn, but you know, we know firsthand it's way more than that. Oh, gosh, you're so right. I mean, one of the things that you're talking about is, don't you think that when you have the opportunity to break bread with somebody, it just kind of changes the game. It puts people at ease. You have a meal together. I mean, the best analogy is you look at, you know, people dating. I mean, the first thing you do when you, you meet somebody is usually go out and have a meal. 
Yeah. You know, you learn a lot about people that way, what they like, what they don't like. Well, and I think what you're talking about is that it's sort of you're relating to them as a human being. So even if it's a military client, a government client, it's less about their company in that moment and more about them as a human. Definitely. So that's so great. And I know for you, you've had such an interesting career. And I, I think about, I know that you have some very interesting degrees, including your MBA. You also have a Bachelor of Science degrees in biology and pharmacy. So what I want to know is, how did you go from studying topics like biology and pharmacy to pursuing technology and data security? And what role have your connections played in helping you to pursue your ultimately your professional pursuits? You know, frankly speaking, I'm basically on my third career. I started off working in pharmacy in a variety of capacities and a variety of different settings. Then I went to work for a family business, so which was stainless steel fabrication. I guess you could say my family network is what got me into that business. And then finally, my jump into technology was a result of a relationship I developed overseas through the family business. And it was, it was just your classic elevator encounter. I can I'll share a little bit more about later, but it really truly was the fruit of a relationship with a good friend of mine. Well, and it sounds like you've been able to leverage the relationship. So when an opportunity presented itself, you were like, you know what, I can do something with this. Well, I think that's how most things work in life. I don't see, you know, without those outside inputs from other people, it's really difficult to really expand the way you think and what, what you, the opportunities that you see. So for the family business, the steel fabrication business, was that your own family? Yes. And so what did your family members say when you said you were leaving the family business to start this new concept? They were excited, but, you know, and the business was very well established. Frankly, it's my father's company called QMD International, been in business for 30 years. We were a tier one supplier for the appliance industry. So it's pretty much is very well established, very smoothly run. I still helped out here and there as needed. But taking that leap, you know, like going full time with DataLocker, I really couldn't have done it without my family's support. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean... To have your family support, I mean, it almost, not only is it, does it give you permission, so to speak, right? You, you may not need that permission, but it gives you sort of, I don't know, the feeling that you've got somebody backing you up, but it's almost like their enthusiasm and excitement helps to propel you forward. Oh, yeah. Ironic thing is, like, my parents had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I still don't. I, mean, I was going to say, do they know now? <laughs> they fully understand <laughs> exactly what we did, but. Yeah, I mean, too frequently you have, we all have friends and contacts and we know what their, maybe their company name is and the title, but we have no idea what they do. So <laughs> I think that makes sense. Well, and, and kind of along those lines, you know, I took note when you said that you have to put in the work, you have to make the effort to build relationships, to build meaningful relationships. Can you talk a little bit about the ways in which you make connections mutually beneficial and how you give back, how you show mutual appreciation? Well, you know, one of our core values at Data Locker is relationships, not just transactions. And it's something that we really focus in as a company, but also personally. You don't want to be that one guy who always pings you. And you know the minute you see their number, it's you're asking for a favor. Yeah. You just don't want to be that guy. And really, the relationships are a two-way street. You have to be able to give as much as you ask from it. And, you know, culturally speaking, I'm Asian. I do a lot of business in Asia, and they have a very unique culture around hospitality and gift giving. 
which I think are really important aspects of not only just business, but maintaining any type of relationship. Uh, that makes sense. Can you talk a little bit about what is that approach to hospitality and gift giving? And have you employed that specifically at Data Locker? Oh, definitely. I mean, when we uh, entertain for business, we always want to go all out, give them the VIP treatment, regardless of who the partner is. We take a lot of time and consideration when we plan like gifts and for like Christmas or the holidays for our business partners. And we try rather than just send in chocolate and popcorn or those things, we try to put some thought into it and always try to give it a personal touch as well. That's nice. I mean, are you, so do you customize those gifts or, or what are some of the best gifts that you think you've given or the ones that have been the most well-received? Because I think gift giving, there's actually something really special about it. In fact, there's a guy actually uh, out of the Midwest, a guy named John Rulin. He wrote a book and he's got a podcast called Giftology. Mm-hmm. And he talks about exactly what you just described, like really putting a personal touch on the notion of gift giving, not just sending sort of a, a company branded anything, any kind of promotional item, but actually sending something that's meaningful to the recipient. Can you talk about a couple of examples? Here at Data Locker, one of the things we try to do is we always try to focus on a product made here, here in Kansas City. Mm. Something from Kansas City. Neat. So barbecue sauce, you know, gift box of barbecue sauce, that's always been a popular gift. Last year during COVID, we did a real interesting one. We did Jay Rieger, Rieger Distillery old-fashioned kits. comes with a bottle of alcohol and all the ingredients to make old fashions. That was extremely popular. Well, that's fun. I I need to get on your gift-giving list. That sounds great. (laughs) Very fun. I mean, every year we spend a lot of time trying to find something that's something different. We just don't, you know, there's a lot of easy ways out on that. But I think when you put some time and effort into choosing something, it shows that you you really care. And it's not just, you know, we're not just sending coffee mugs and with data locker logos all over. Things yeah, like that. I love that. And I, and I do think that people notice that. They notice when you put a kind of a personal touch on something and it makes them feel good. I mean, one of the things that I think that you're alluding to, perhaps without saying it directly, is you're trying to make people feel special. So when, especially when you talk about this notion of VIP treatment, when you organize company dinners, irrespective of what the title or the position or the person or the size of the client is, that you want them to feel like you really care about them. So I I think that's very cool. I'd love to know maybe a little bit about an interaction, pick anybody, that resulted in a personal breakthrough for you, either personally or professionally. Have you had a relationship that has just been so meaningful that it stood out for you yeah actually you know I, I kind of alluded to you know data lock was literally founded because of an introduction i had with a that was made in, in an elevator in korea as with a good friend of mine he had a front buddy of his who was looking for a business partner investor who had some great technology I, again i was my background was pharmacy and stainless steel fabrication i was actually on business for the family business Met this guy, went up to a room and had a talk and just explained the, his idea and his concept. And, and literally, I, we just took it from there. And he's still you know, business partner with me today. I mean, that was about 14 years ago. What was the thing that helped you establish trust with somebody that you just met? Well, the common friend, the mutual acquaintance. I mean, it does a lot of things. And number one, it, you could call it some pre-qualification. You know? <laughs> Friend of your of a friend is usually you know somebody you're going to get along with. Yeah, he already had some street cred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, 
you know, we've talked a little bit about some of the connections that you've made. We talked a little bit about the career transitions that you yourself have made. What advice would you share with somebody who wants to grow or cultivate their own professional network? You know, I actually don't like the term network. It's got so many negative connotations these days, I think, because of social media. And really, people try to measure their, they equate the size of their network with the quality of it. And really, I think you just got to put the time and effort, and it has to be sincere to develop relationships, not just exchanging LinkedIn links or business cards. You really have to take the time and effort to build that personal relationship. Also, I mentioned I participated in a lot of entrepreneurial organizations, like I was in Pipeline and EO. And I find those groups really useful and actually really rewarding in the fact that you're you have a chance to bond with people who are maybe in this, not necessarily the same industry, but same position, whether it be startup founder or whether it be a growth company or whatever it may be. I would encourage people to seek out those type of, not just, I don't want to call them networks, but they're actually working organizations, things that require investment in terms of time, also money and effort. Speaking of EO and some of the organizations that you've been part of, I know that that Data Locker was a finalist for the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And so have you been able to leverage some of those organizations, some of the awards, some of the ways that you and, and your company have been recognized? Have you been able to leverage those as organizations or as groups of people, cohorts to sort of build your own connections, your own relationship base? One kind of rule of thumb, especially like even like EO, we try not to solicit business or solicit business relationships through those. You know, a lot of those groups I think are there as more of a support mechanism. And frankly, I don't like going to events and having somebody hand me a card and say, hey, let's get together for coffee and then end up trying to quote me on something, you know, yeah. or sell something. I really, really dislike that. So I tend not to like try to solicit business or talk business at those events. I like to get to know people and hear their stories. And that's a really, really interesting part of me, those groups is everybody's got a great story. I mean, yeah. every startup owner I've ever met has some crazy story. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, even the, the way you talk about meeting your business partner in an elevator, obviously through a mutual acquaintance, but, but what a cool way to begin the relationship, begin the interaction. And it's obviously paid dividends for you. It's been a, a great experience. So that's wonderful. I want to ask you a little bit about some of your outside interests. I know that you have many interests outside of your professional life, including I, my understanding is that you are an avid golfer and fisherman. And can you talk a little bit about ways that you have sort of utilized those interests to expand your own relationship base, your own relationships with other people? Well, for me, fishing is the time to be alone. So I don't really think about much business or think about networking through fishing, but golf is the ultimate, you know, call it relationship building networking tool because number one, you have a common interest. You should get to spend four hours with somebody outside, right? Sharing a cart. And especially like in countries like Asia, it's like more than playing around with a golf with somebody over there. It's an all day event. Literally you travel out to the golf course, spend a day at the golf course, you play around go sit in a you know, hot tub with each other <laughs> and then you go have dinner and it really fosters really close relationships. Yeah, that's great. And 
I may have shared with you before. What I find is with golf, especially during these strange times, this, you know, related to COVID and isolation, golf has been one way that people have been able to stay connected because it's an outdoor experience. There's less concern about disease transmission. And, and it's been a wonderful way for people to actually maintain connection during a time when isolation was sort of the norm. So I think it's cool that, that you've been able to leverage that for your career. So that's great. One of the things, and, and you've kind of, kind of pointed in this direction, but is your approach more organic or unintentional networking, so to speak, or deliberate? So I know that you said that you don't like to utilize your association and, and various organizations strictly for business development, but more for relationship building. Talk a little bit about how you have thought about organic relationship building versus deliberate or intentional networking. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. You have to give yourself the opportunities to to meet people, which takes some thought and effort, which is a deliberate act. But then how you grow those relationships, I mean, again, I don't like kind of forced relations. You know, like I think there has to be this unintentional aspect to build that relationship. For example, spending time to have a meal together. Well, it takes intent to get together with somebody. You know, so I think that's, that's a little bit of a tougher question. One of the things I noticed, you know, experienced during COVID is it was a great way to catch up, a great time to catch up with people you haven't talked to. You know, as a habit, I try to call almost everybody in my contact list at least once a year just to chit-chat, say, how are you doing, especially during the holidays. And it's not an email it's or a ping on a social media. It's, it's real, just picking up the phone. Don't schedule. It doesn't. This is pre-Zoom, and uh, just saying, "Hey, how you doing? How you doing with this COVID? How's business and things like that?" And I really think that's that's really helpful. Well, and I bet your contacts really appreciated hearing from you during that time, and the fact that you picked up the phone and called—that just that plain old telephone, that old technology that yeah. we still have access to, but we don't utilize as much. I think that's really cool that you, you know, continue to do that. So that's great. Just a, a fun question that I love to ask all of my guests. If you could meet one person, living, dead, fictional, non-fictional, who would it be and why? Who would you want to meet with? Oh, definitely Elon Musk. Oh, great. He just, I mean, I think he lives in his own world and I just like to have a glimpse of what makes that guy tick. And, you know, I think we're 50 years from now, 100 years from now, they're going to be reading about him in, in history books and textbooks about some of the changes he's made, not only in business, but to the world itself. I think that's probably right. I think that's probably right. That's a a good business choice from an innovation and and technology perspective, for sure. So great choice. Jay, I've loved talking with you, learning about your philosophy, your approach to networking. So thanks for spending some time with me. Tell our listeners, if they want to learn more about Data Locker and about you, where can they go to do that? They can visit our website, datalocker.com, or they can follow us on LinkedIn. Again, we try to keep those two sources up to date with what's going on here at the company. Terrific. Well, I've sure enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for joining us on Enterprising. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time.
The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest, and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.